Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by the cowlot.com. You've heard me talk about them on the podcast before. I had the owner, Glenn Orms, on the show. If you're looking for a new cowboy hat, and I know you are because you're listening to this podcast, the cowlot is the place to go. Glenn is uh, a stickler for getting you the right fit and getting you the right shape and customer satisfaction and service is the utmost of importance to those folks over there so head over to the cowlot.com order yourself a new lid you're going to love it uh, tell them dan at the modern cowboy podcast sent you i wanted to take a moment to uh, just thank all the listeners all you out there that uh, listen to the show dm us leave us reviews it's, we just we really appreciate it appreciate your support uh, i just wanted to read something here from a a listener that DM'd us here just recently, um, his name's Cabe, and he says, Hey there, Dan. Wanted to say I appreciate your podcast like no other. I have never been into podcasts much, and since I found Modern Cowboy, it's all I listen to. I'm just getting out of college and working on a ranch in South Carolina, but I've struggled figuring out what path I want to take with both cattle and horses. Your podcast and those you have on it have truly been an inspiration to me and what I dream to do. Keep up the good work. I appreciate what you're doing. Thanks, Cabe. It's just we get messages like that all the time, and we just we really appreciate it. And I just I want to acknowledge you know all of the all the people that follow and support the show, and uh, we thank you very much. And uh, if you hadn't had a chance yet, hey, head over to iTunes or Spotify or website or wherever you listen to podcasts at, and uh, just uh, leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. I want to give a big shout out to my wife uh, Stephanie. Steph's just she's got a real love for people and back in 2018 she had an idea she wanted to start a company where she could find a way to bring hope and encouragement along with giving from the heart to others after a couple years of just trying to figure out and, and a lot of prayer she's finally had launched it now and she kicked it off with uh, with a graphic tea and this tea is called the Stacy's tea it's inspired by uh, her good friend Stacy, who was diagnosed with stage four cancer. She's a single mom with five kids, so it's a really cool tea. You can go to www.perseveranceu.com, and that's the word perseverance with the letter U at dot com, uh, and you can see the tea. One hundred percent of the profits go to Stacy and her family. There's, there'll, there'll be more of these inspirational teas to come they'll be named after actual real people that are fighting the fights of life that we all have i don't know anyone whose lives haven't been affected by cancer or some type of horrific disease or illness so check that out and and if you're able to help you get a, a great tea and we just ask that you would keep stacy and her family in your prayers where are you cowboys and cowgirls at Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Make 
the saddle and the stage I don't know nobody, nothing Everything I got's my own Some say I'm just a band to the bone I'm a cowboy, yes I am I was born to rope and ride Hey everybody, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, tonight I've got a, a guest on. Actually, he's calling in from quite a distance away. We've got about a 14-hour difference in time, so that's pretty cool. But uh, I, I saw his company on social media, like I see a lot of things, and it's uh, called Tommy Hawks, and it's a axe-throwing facility, and they where they have matches, they have, uh, you know, you can go in and practice and throw axes and tomahawks and stuff. Now, it caught my eye because I guess my fascination with, with uh, tomahawks and axes started when I was very young. First uh, was when I used to watch the Daniel Boone show and Fess Parker would throw that axe at the beginning of the show and split that giant tree. And then there was a, a lot of other ones too. And of course, I got a, my first axe probably in Boy Scouts, I remember. And then um, the Patriot, quite a uh, tomahawk action scene there with Mel Gibson. Uh, so that they, they've always, I've just always thought they're super cool. And then now I, I see that there's a there's a whole. Um, I, I think there's even an international axe throwing uh, organization too. But we'll we'll let uh, we'll let our guest tell us about that. But anyway, without any further ado, Tommy, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Hey Dan, thanks. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Um, so now you're you are. Can you mention where you're at right now? Yeah, I can. Uh, I'm currently working as a, a military contractor. Um, I'm in South Korea. Um, so it's about 14 hours ahead of uh, Arizona time there. So uh, I'm actually talking to you from the future. It's it's the next day <laughs> for me. So. <laughs> Very cool. Well, hey, like I said, you know, I've, I've just always kind of had a fascination with, with axes and tomahawks, you know, blades, everything, firearms, all that. But I, I saw your, your, your company and I just thought, man, this is so cool. And then the name is so cool. Give us a little background on you and, and a little personal background, some history, and then kind of tell us how, how this all came, came about. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I grew up in the Southwest. I'm, I'm really familiar with it. I was born in New Mexico. Uh, the son of a fish farmer, um, and uh, so we lived by pretty modest means for for quite a long time when I was younger. But um, I got into the military just because I have a, you know, my family. A lot of my family members have served in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my mother was an officer in the Air Force. My grandfather was an, an officer in the Air Force as well, and also an enlisted person in the Navy. And so I joined the Army uh, pretty much as soon as I could when I when I was younger. And uh, so, you know, growing up, you know, we did a lot of things outdoors, uh, did the Boy Scout thing. Um, and then when I joined the military, I found myself in um, some specialized units to include Ranger units, which, uh, you know, bladed weapons, tomahawks, um, the Sykes Fairburn knives, all those kind of things were a part of the culture. So, you know, I, I, I've always been very interested in that kind of stuff. And then Tommy Hawks, as you mentioned, you know, it's kind of a play on words. Uh, my name's Tom and I go by Tommy. And then uh, obviously a Tomahawk is a, you know, uh, the weapon that we use there. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that came about just because, you know, I, I, I kind of wanted to do something a little bit different. 
And so I started building customized tomahawks in my garage. And through, you know, some research on the internet, I found out that indoor axe throwing uh, was becoming a popular sport in the United States. And so I told my wife, I was like, hey, this is, this is interesting. This looks like something, you know, that we could potentially do. And it, at first she thought it was kind of crazy, you know, like, <laughs> what do you mean? You're going to set up an indoor axe throwing venue and people are going to come and, and hang out and throw axes. I'm like, yeah, I mean, why not? You know, it's, it sounds like something new. So, I mean, even though the, the business model itself, you know, it's rooted in entertainment. Um, it's kind of akin to bowling, you know, or coming out to a place to throw darts or play pool or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still kind of a new concept, but it's, it's growing rapidly in the United States. And so um, I kind of jumped on the chance. And my wife uh, came on board with me. So we're 50-50 partners in Tommy Hawks. And while I'm overseas doing my, what I call my day job as a contractor, uh, she runs everything back there at the shop at Tommy Hawks. So that's kind of how it evolved uh, over the past couple of years. So now I, I think I saw on your, on your website too, that th- there is a, a world um, ax throwing league. And how, how long has this been around? Yes. So the World Axe Throwing League is pretty new. It's a, it's about a couple years old. Um, there's even a, an additional uh, entity called the, the International Axe Throwing Federation. So there's two uh, bodies uh, that govern axe throwing as a sport. And so those, those, both those entities have been around for a couple years. Um, and most new venues, most new axe throwing venues that are, that are popping up in the United States uh, choose one of those formats um, to kind of go with, you know, for their customers and stuff. And it's, it's a very interesting thing. It's just like, um, it's just like anything else, you know, so we hold, uh, standard, uh, seasonal leagues mm-hmm. at Tommy Hawks and it's just, uh, just almost like a bowling league, you know, people come in, you know, they have their cool shirts with their, uh, team names or their personal names on it. You know, they have customized axes, uh, a lot of which we create in house and customize them for them. And people come in and have a good time and, and socialize and get to know one another and, uh, and compete, in, you know, in, in a different format than most people are, are, are used to, which is obviously the axe throwing. So, Very cool. Now, is there, is there certain, like, do you have different distances? Do you have different size targets? Kind of just take us through, you know, how that works. Are we always throwing for the bullseye or okay. we, do, we got, is it kind of like darts where you've got numbers and stuff? Or It is kind of like darts. Um, it, it's set up. Um, basically, you know, in a scoring system where the bullseye is basically what you're going for all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, There is another point value that's a little bit higher than a bullseye. It's much smaller. And in the World Axe-Wing League, uh, they call it uh, the kill shot. And so the format is, you know, you come in and it's an uh, individual-based sport. And so when you come in, it's all formatted. So the throwing distance is, is pretty tightly regulated. You're throwing from anywhere from between uh, 12 feet away from the target to about 15 feet away from the target. And you're looking for one rotational throws, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. So there's, at this point, it's, um, it's a pretty regimented format and it's pretty standardized. And that's just to, you know, kind of get all of these different venues and clubs uh, across the United States and Canada and across the world all together on the same page. And then, you know, as the sport evolves, I'm sure there's going to be uh, different formats that pop up, different sets of rules mm-hmm. um, that, that we might see appear across the sport at, you know, as it evolves. Now, and, and 
now the axes themselves, I, I, there's different tiles. There's some that look like hatchets. There's some that look, you know, more like a traditional, you know, tomahawk. And I, I've seen the custom ones on your site, which are super cool. Uh, and then there's, I think I saw some pictured with some, you know, uh, the double bitted axes. Uh, can is there a regulation axe that you have to use in a competition, or you know, can you use whatever you want, or how does that work? There is, yeah. Well, yeah. So in, in order to keep it kind of fair uh, across the board, you know, they've instituted a uh, you know weight limits on the heads mm -hmm. and uh, you know sizes of blades and stuff like that. So you're looking at if you if you you know just uh, conceive in your head, just basically a simple camping hatchet, right? That's uh, that's kind of what we're looking for in the World Axe Throwing League and in Tommyhawks. Now you can throw different styles. You know, if a tomahawk itself. Mm -hmm. which is typically used has a longer longer handle or something like that but if it fits the parameters and fits the weight limits and all that kind of stuff that you, you're allowed to use it um the one thing that they don't uh allow yet in the world axe ring league um is the double bitted axes so, oh they don't okay because you know that kind of that kind of provides a an extra advantage for the thrower you know if they miss it and it over rotates it, it can still potentially stick so they're trying to limit that that aspect of it um, but like I said, as the as the games evolve and as the sport evolves, you know, who knows who knows what we'll see in the future. Um, so now, do they have prize money for for the competitions and stuff? Or yeah, so um, it, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that. Um, in the beginning, you know, we weren't Tommy Hawk's Axe House as a business mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily part of uh, one league or another. Right. And we just kind of conducted our own uh, in-house leagues at the time. And our, our prizes included, you know, you know, if you went through a whole season, which I think at that, you know, at that time in the beginning was like eight weeks long and, and you won, you know, you'd get a, you know, a free pass for the next uh, season and a customized Tomahawk, you know, made by myself or something like that. Um, but now, now that it's evolved into a sport and, you know, people travel across the country uh, to the go to go to these opens and uh, to go to the world championship and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you're talking prize money of like twenty thousand dollars, you know, for the first place really? thrower in the world and stuff like that. So, it's, so yeah, it's getting up there. It's um, it's even been featured on ESPN and stuff, you know. So they they definitely marketed uh, the sport and the, the popularity is definitely growing. Um, and we can tell we can tell that just by the number of, you know, axe venues that's popped up. I mean, we were the first, Tommy House was the first in Southwest Missouri and, and Northwest Arkansas. And people used to come, you know, hundreds of miles or out of state to come visit us um, when we were new and, and kind of a novel idea. Mm -hmm. uh, but now it's, you know, now there's places that are, you know, I mean, even in Southwest Missouri, I mean, there's probably 15 uh, competitor axe houses across that region now after, after just a matter of three years. Yeah. It's definitely gotten popular. Yeah. Well, I, your name, Tommy Hawks, is, is, is super cool. And I think you've got that trademarked, right? I do. Yeah. I, um, you know, we are, you know, me and my wife are new business owners. I, I still consider us, uh, you know, kind of new to the entrepreneurial world. Right. Um, but one thing I, I really focus my efforts on, especially um, since a lot of the time I'm not actually home mm -hmm. to help her run the shop is, the branding and, and the artwork and, you know, just all that kind of stuff that's involved in building web pages, maintaining social media and all that kind of stuff. So um, 
all the artworks that you see, all the logos, all the motion graphics, movies, mm -hmm. videos, all that kind of good stuff. Mm -hmm. I've taken upon myself to do just because I like, you know, I like to do art and things like that. So, right. um, you know, I felt it very important to trademark the name because uh, it's not that common. Right. And then just kind of give us a little bit of a, you know, competitive edge, pun intended, you know, <laughs> against our uh, competitors. And you got some cool merch too. I I dig the uh, the t-shirt stuff. Do you do do you do all the designs for the t-shirts too? Yes, I do. Um, so that's uh, another big piece of our our um, I guess the design behind our business is mm -hmm. we wanted to have complementary uh, operations to go with the Axel. So you know, in the beginning, we used to outsource um, you know uh, merchandise printing, t-shirts, and all that kind of stuff to mm -hmm. other companies, mm -hmm. and I. Sometimes I was happy with the quality. Sometimes I wasn't. And I found out that most, you know, more often than not, we weren't very happy um, with the price points and what we were getting and, and the flexibility and all that kind of stuff. You know, you'd have mm -hmm. to order, you know, like a hundred shirts, you know, right. um, from a company in order to get a, a manageable deal. So we opted to go um, uh, for, a, you know, a direct to garment printer, a DTG printer. Yes. Yeah. That my wife is. Yeah, she's she's amazing at it. She knows this machine inside and out, and it's industrial sized. And and then I'm I'm her artist, so you know she tells me when, what, and where, and and I get to it. And and uh, now we have the flexibility. I mean, we probably have thirty different designs. Um, we set up a we set up a an actual a separate web page right. and a separate business. It's called axeheads.com uh, to sort of cater to the rest of the axering community out there. You know, if you're not a what we call a Tommy Hawks tribe member. And right. you want a Tommy Hawks t-shirt, you can get, um, you know, some specialized, you know, ax throwing, uh, merchandise and swag and stuff like that from that website. So. Yeah. And, and your merch, your merch is super cool. I mean, tons of uh, just play on words and different things. Just like the, the Val Kilmer one, ax throwing, say when I love that. I love oh, that. Yeah. I love that's the, the, the <laughs> What's that? I said, yeah, that's a, that's a hugely popular one. Yeah. Anything with the, anything tombstone related or, you know, kind of Southwest style stuff. I just made one. Uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with this, um, but um, while Bill Hickok uh, got into his first yes. gunfight, for, you know, the first reported gunfight in Springfield, Missouri, and that's, right. that's where Tommy Hawks is at. Right. It's about a mile. Uh, the, the square where he, uh, uh, he got in that gunfight is about a mile from the actual ax house and, so I have a new design coming out, you know, that says, you know, uh, Tommy Hawks, you know, 10 out of 10, a wild good time, you know, has wild bills <laughs> picture on it and stuff like that. So very cool. Um, yeah. They, yeah. The merchandise thing has been very fun for me just because I like to do that kind of stuff. And it gives us the flexibility. As you can see, we have all kinds of themes yeah. that run through Tommy Hawks because, you know, I consider myself, you know, um, you know, very steeped in the, in the Western culture, because I grew up in the Southwest. So you'll see a lot of native American influence. You'll see a lot of biker influence. Cause I like right. to ride motorcycles. You'll obviously see a lot of military influence. We just try to round all that, all those different concepts up into one, one brand there under Tommy Ox. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I like the ax heads one too. It looks very cool. Yeah. The, uh, that's done pretty well. Um, honestly, because you know, it's just like anything else. Um, we've had people come into Tommy Hawks that have been to other ax throwing venues and, you know, I'm going to brag on ourselves a little bit, but we, sure. we have a procedure, you know, we have a, 
a method. We have, you know, it, it's all the customer facing type stuff. So we, we pride ourselves at Tommy Hawks and that we can, you know, teach you and we will take time to teach you on, to, you know, how to throw the ax and be mm-hmm. successful so that you have fun. Mm-hmm. And then if you're having problems, we dedicate, you know, I have ax throwing coaches or my wife or myself will sit there and take the time in, in case that individual is not getting it right off the bat to ensure that you do have a good time. And I, I've heard from other customers and I've seen personally in other places, it's, you know, um, if you're sometimes people don't take, you know, that extra step to ensure right. the, the customer's having that good time. So that's what I'm most proud about in Tommy Hawks is the fact that, um, you know, it's all smiles there. People come in, they don't really know what to expect, especially if they've never heard of this, this concept before. Right. But you know, in our place, it's, it's almost like a modern day, uh, uh, honky tonk, you know, mm-hmm. we got loud country music on the speakers, you know, my wife's popping up free popcorn for all the guests and then everybody's just having a good old time at Tommy Hawk. So very cool. We really enjoy it. How big a facility is it? Uh, Tommy Hawk's is, uh, it's like the building itself is like 13,000 square feet. So it's oh, pretty big. Man, that's big. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty big. So, I mean, when I try to, paint a picture for people sometimes i you know i tell them hey think of a bowling alley you know it's mm-hmm. about about that size you mm-hmm. know maybe maybe a little bit bigger and then you know we have a little operation in back where we um bring in all the wood you know paint up the targets you know have my grinding wheel and stuff to keep all the house axes sharp and all that kind of good stuff so our, our workshop basically and then we have a separate section for the um for the printing operation for the merchandise and all that kind of good stuff so but the, the customer side to it, you know, you come into this big uh, open space with a whole bunch of lanes and then just a whole bunch of what I call non-electronic games. You know, that's what we're a fan of. We don't want anything with the, the controller or the button or the screen. Right. We want the, you know, the, the cornhole. We want the throwing axes. We want the washers. We want all that kind of good fun stuff um, so that people are, are active. Very cool. Very cool. Speaking of uh, controllers and stuff, we we talked just briefly before we started recording about some of the work you do now. You, you want to speak to that just a little bit? Because do you use controllers for some of what you do, or or I can't I can't, I can't remember if you said <laughs> yeah. we can talk about this yeah. or not. <laughs> oh, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, so you know, now I'm a my day job, like I, I said a little bit earlier, is um you know I deal with drones okay. and I work for I work as a civilian contractor for the Department of Defense. And so um, that inv- that involves a whole other world that I wasn't really introduced to when I when I was in the army. Mm-hmm. So when I was in the army, I was a um, what they call an intelligence collector. So I was taught foreign languages, and then I was taught how to jump out of airplanes, and you know, and um, I had a great time in the military. Right. And it was awesome. And what I found out after the military is, you know the skills that I learned and the clearances that I received and all that kind of stuff opened up some doors for, for other jobs. So, um, now I'm actually, uh, basically working for the air force. Um, you know, which a lot of my old, my, a lot of my army buddies give me crap for, (laughs) um, but you know, it's, it's good and I enjoy the work and I'm glad that I can still be, um, in the mix, so to speak. And, and I, you know, just cause I was, I've been in that culture, that military culture for so long that, you know, some people don't get a chance to go back or revisit or, right. you know, right. do anything like that. So I, I'm very blessed to have that opportunity. That's very cool. Well, I, I've said before, I, I'm not a badass, but I play one on social media. 
but uh, you are are definitely a legitimate badass. So uh, I think that's that's super cool, man. Well, well, I appreciate that. I mean, uh, you know, I appreciate that. But I mean, I've known so many so many others that are, you know, so much further ahead of that in that title and more deserving of that title than me. But I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, hey, also, I, it's, did I read this right? Now, did you franchise or start franchising your business? Or we did, yes. Um, so, in the beginning, we, you know, I mean, a lot of business owners might say this, or people that are starting out, but we we felt we really felt like we had something special, right? Um, just because, you know, year one, typically when you're in business, um, you know, and I have a. a a master's degree in business. So we learned this throughout school right. was that, you know, it's going to take you, you know, one, two, three years to get right side up. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, based on your initial investments and all these things that go on. And I mean, I'm talking like month one, we were open for business. We were paying for everything, paying for all of our bills, Man. all of our operational costs and stuff like that. And I was like, all right, you know, I, I didn't want to get too excited. I didn't want right. to, you know, um, and, and it just kept going each month was the next best month and that continued on. And we kind of leveled out obviously in the past few months, mm-hmm. uh, with some other circumstances yeah. going on, but I mean, we were, we were on an upward trend. Right. And so early on, probably about six months after, uh, uh, we opened up Tommy Hawks in Springfield, I was already working on the plans for, you know, that licensing mm-hmm. option because people, people would come in and say, man, this is really cool. And, you know, if they, they might've been a veteran or they might've been a, uh, LEO or first responder or whatever. And I said, Hey, I want to do this. You know, when I'm retired, I want to, I want to do something like this. And so me and my wife talked it over and we thought it would be a great idea to offer the Tommy Hawks brand, uh, to anybody who kind of, you know, held our same values and, and saw what we were trying to provide to, uh, the people of Springfield and wanted to, you know, do that in their area. And so we, um, we have two licensed locations there. It's kind of a step below a franchise. It's a business license. So they have a little bit of freedom in in what they do. Right. Um, and one is in Branson, Missouri, which is a huge, uh, tourist destination mm-hmm. in Southwest Missouri. Um, and the other is in, it's close to Joplin, Missouri. So, and those two, those two licensed locations, one of them is, one of them, the one in Joplin is run by, a you know, a whole group of veterans, army veterans, Marines. They're kind of like a little conglomerate. Okay. They do some other, uh, business things like a leadership training course and they do, um, laser engraving and, and some other, um, businesses. And they, they, they opted into going to ax throwing and, and to use our brand, which we we're very fortunate for. And then in Branson, um, it's a retired, uh, police officer from the Branson area him and his wife, uh, I think she runs a, uh, a hair salon. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do something. I guess he was getting bored in retirement or something like that. And he, he said, you know, I, w- I want to bring this to the people of Branson, which is huge for us because I mean, they're, I, I don't know the numbers, but I mean, there's millions of tourists that come through yeah. the, the Branson area typically in any given year. So we're excited about that. Yeah. Very cool. Now let's get back to act the axes themselves. What, um, so some of the axes they, they look like like they're kind of like a camp axe, and then the other ones look like tomahawks and the custom ones. What uh, what's and, and I'm 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 guessing that some of that looks like some some laser engraved stuff on some of it, and then the other stuff looks like well I guess even the, on the wood um, there's some name on, names on the handles and stuff. 
what's uh, right. uh, what's a custom axe or a custom tomahawk go for approximate range price? So uh, it, it kind of depends. So um, I'll give you a little background on that because some people, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you'll appreciate this, and some people don't know quite what is what all is put into uh, one of those custom tomahawks. So those custom Tomahawks were the original inspiration for the, the brand Tomahawks. That's what I was making in my garage. Right. And my idea was, Hey, you want something, you want a showpiece, you know, to commemorate, you know, you just, you just retired from your job or, you know, whatever, whatever the special event was, somebody would buy this kind of showpiece, a commemorative piece for you to hang up in your office, but right. was still fully functional. Right. And so when I back, you know, back a few years ago, when I actually had the time, I would hand forge the Tommy Hawks, you know, I would, uh, do hand engraving, stuff like that, or paint the handles, wrap the paracord, do all that kind of good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're talking an investment, you know, of, you know, eight to 10 hours right. for, for one single piece for me. So over the years as, you know, I, you know, you get sucked up into regular life and I've got other jobs to do and things like that. We streamline the process. So now we take those, we take, uh, the Tomahawk heads, and we Cerakote them, which is the same uh, stuff that's used in firearms. Right, right. Um, you know, when you want a custom custom paint job on your, you know, AR or your pistol or whatever. Right. Um, that's kind of what you're looking at. And so we do that and then get those laser engraved to customize for people. And we still, you know, wood burn the handles or laser engrave them. And we still do, obviously, the, par you know, paracord uh, grips on them and stuff like that. But those, those type of uh, tomahawks that you're seeing there are kind of like the original Tommy Hawks. Right. They don't qualify for, um, you know, league or uh, right. axe throwing competition or anything like that. But um, we still offer them there because we get so many questions on them. You know, um, we, we still do that. So we still make those custom Tomahawks for people. And then on the other side of the house, the axe side, um, we offer all different um, name brands of axes um, and we can rehandle them. Uh, we can engrave them, you know, we can uh, Cerakote their heads as well, do whatever the customer wants uh, to ensure that they have a, a real cool piece when they show up to, you know, their local axe venue and, and want to compete. Yeah. And what's a typical, let's just say, uh, uh, so so like they got amateur team ropers, you know, and so we got rope bags full of ropes and stuff. So so somebody that's like, you know, really into throwing axes as a, as a just say, you know, a, a hobby like golf. Uh, what's the average number of axes a guy would, would own or, the, or would normally own? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it can go from, you know, a modest amount, I would guess, to uh, the extreme. You know, I've seen guys come in with uh, gun cases or, you know, <laughs> you know, backpacks just full full of different items. Right. Um, so it kind of depends on, you know, that person. But I would say on average, um, your typical axe thrower who's, who's involved, meaning, you know, they, they come weekly to an axe house or they're always involved at least in a league or something like that. Right. They're going to invest, you know, probably, I think on average it's $120 to play in an eight week league, a uh, seasonal league. Right. And then on top of that, you know, if they have one or two or three axes, they probably invested anywhere between, you know, 150 bucks to, you know, 600 bucks, just depending on the level of customization in those axes. Um, so, it, it depends, but like, like I said, I've seen people that, you know, they're, they're regular thrower, as we call it, they're mm -hmm. everyday carry thrower. Right. Um, you know, something is like an antique, you know, like a, uh, you know, like a world war two era, uh, right. army 
uh, hatchet or, um, you know, a black Raven custom, um, or something like that. So there, there are people that will spend quite a bit of money on just a single ax, depending on when it was made and who it was made by. Right. And then there's others that, you know, they, they just do it for the fun. They, they find the cheap, uh, Ozark, you know, Walmart brand or something like that and bring that in. Right. Um, so it just kind of depends. And it basically comes down to just your practicing and your skill with getting it to stick. Um, uh, you know, you yeah, know. yeah, exactly. So it, it really, I mean, I hate to say it, but it, it's not that difficult. You know what I mean? At least in my opinion, it's not really that difficult to throw axes. Um, uh, so it's just a matter. The, the biggest thing is the mental game. Right. Um, so like I think it was last year, my Tommy Hawks went to uh, a, an open, the U S open ax throwing tournament, which, um, was held at a place called Ironsides Axe Throwing. And we traveled, you know, about five hours or something like that uh, mm -hmm. to get to it. And it was competitors from all across the World Axe Throwing League, from all, you know, almost every state you can imagine and every club you can imagine. And we rolled in there deep with like uh, six or seven, I believe, Tommy Hawk stores, to include myself and my wife. Right. And, you know, there's some, there's some people that dedicate a, a lot of their spare time to doing this, and they're really, really good. But, the, I mean, the action itself is, is really not that difficult. It's all kind of a mental game at that point, you know, right. um, are, are you going to psych yourself out, which is probably the biggest thing, uh, that happens to people in my opinion, when, when you're competing is, you know, you're psyching yourself out or, or whatever, or, you know, you're just distracted somehow. Yep. Absolutely. Um, because as long as you get just like anything else, as long as you get a good technique and just keep that technique, just as in shooting, as in, archery as in anything else you know as long as you can maintain that um you're good yeah yeah i know just being raised in construction uh, you know we used back in the day we used to use rigging axes i'm not sure if you're from if you're familiar with what a rigging axe is but it's a axe with a hammerhead on it and then they made those illegal yeah. so, so we used to cut the the axe part off and put claws on them because they were just they had a more balanced head on them and then also used to use the Oh, the sheetrock, little sheetrock hammers that little chrome headed has a little, um, you know, axe blade on it. And those were super cool. And we used to throw that stuff all the time on the job. I mean, we were always throwing. Oh yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you not? You know, it's, it's there to, to be thrown in my opinion. So, <laughs> yeah. but my brother was probably yeah, I, I, uh, one of the best throwers. So he, he could, he could stick his, his rigging axe, uh, 90% of the time. So, but anyway, yeah, it's, it's a, it's interesting. Like we, you know, we, we developed a, a protocol, a teaching method that I haven't seen anywhere else. You know, most people, most people, when they go to their local ax house, um, it's kind of hit or miss on, on what the people, what the instructors there are doing. And a lot of times those instructors, uh, the people that are working in that facility don't really have a history with it. You know, they hire some, uh, high schooler or somebody in college who's never maybe never even picked up an ax before and they show them how to how to you know somewhat do it and then somewhat interact with the customer but we have our processes like laid you know laid down to a T so the customer can observe us doing it we'll demonstrate it for them and then we walk them through the form and all that kind of stuff and and with the intent of them actually walking away learning how to do it because that's the most important thing you know right. you're, you're not gonna have any fun if you show up to a place and you know, you suck at the game. So, right, right. Um, we, and I mean, and we've had like 80 year old ladies come in and be successful. And oh, here, here's the other funny thing I find hilarious is in Tommy Hawks, 
when our customers come in, you know, say it's a man and a wife, a couple out on a date or something like that. Um, there's a big percentage chance that the woman is going to walk away the winner. And <laughs> I joke with my wife about it. And I think it's because they, the, you know, the women actually listen, you know, the guy comes in, he says, oh, I've done this. I've thrown this in, but I know, I know what I'm doing. You know, they don't want to, they don't want to listen. And then, um, more often than not, those ladies walk away with the, the trophy at the end of the night, you know, and, and, and talking smack to their husbands or boyfriends. So it's pretty funny. Well, you know, that happens a lot in shooting too. You know, you, you take, take a gal shooting and you show her how to shoot and they're, they're, uh, more relaxed and their egos aren't as big as ours. So it's, uh, it's, exactly. You know, same Absolutely. roping too. You'll see a lot, a lot of, a lot of uh, gals that rope. I mean, they they rope tough, and you know, me, I'll get all jammed up on the other end. You know, put pressure in myself. Yeah. Up, but, but you know, hey, but like throwing That's an right, axe. You know? I know, I know one thing about like when you throw an axe or something like that, and it doesn't hit right. It's it's uh, it's a horrible feeling, and it and it doesn't sound good either. You know, when like the handle hits, it and, does not. And, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's funny. We're our our, the, you know, our coaches and myself and, and Casey, you know, we are, we are tuned in to that sound in particular. Right. So we could have our backs turned to the lanes, you know, working on something else completely. Right. And we could identify all the way at the end lane on Tommy Hawks that somebody's having a problem or right. somebody's not having a problem, you know, just by the sound, you know? Right. <laughs> so it's, it, yeah, it's interesting. That's very cool. Hey, so you say you, uh, you were raised in, in New Mexico. Did you, did you ever wear cowboy hats at all, or do you have a favorite brand of cowboy hat by chance? Well, you know, I did. Um, it's kind of interesting you mentioned that. So, you know, I was uh, born in New Mexico. Uh, my grandfather was a huge Western fan, you know, John Wayne, the whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. um, he went so far as to, you know, uh, become a member of the Single Action Shooting Society. So he was a reloader. He made his own leathers, you know, and then when he passed away a couple of years ago, I got, I inherited a, just an amazing collection of firearms, um, antiques all the way up to uh, present day stuff. Yeah. But my grandfather, more than anybody, you know, kind of influenced that culture on me. So, um, I was the first grandkid in the family. And so you better, better believe I was, you know, little two-year-old kid toddling around with a cowboy hat uh, and a cowboy boots on my feet. So <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I definitely grew up uh, wearing cowboy hats. Um, I, you know, I'm not a, a brand snob, I guess, when it comes to that, whatever right. looks good, whatever I see that's right. cool, you know, and it looks and it and fits me is the biggest thing. Um, I kind of go with, um, so I have a couple Stetsons at home and I have a whole bunch of hats, um, that I inherited from my grandfather as well. Um, so yeah, definitely. I like, uh, I like the Western wear, you know, I, when I'm at Tommy Hawks, I don't often wear a cowboy hat. And the, and the reason why is because, you know, the brim and stuff kind of gets away from your, right. uh, kind of, a you know, gets in the way of you throwing and stuff like that. So I usually wear a ball cap at, at Tommy Hawks, but, um, yeah, I, the whole Western scene to me, um, has always been, you know, one of my fondest memories of being a kid. And, uh, it continues today, even, even in Southwest Missouri. So uh, me and my wife, um, we have a couple horses. Uh, she's a, a very good horse rider. Um, I don't really have the time nowadays to do stuff like that, but, uh, yeah. it, you know, as soon as I'm back in the States and stuff, I try to get it in when I can. And, and, uh, we definitely enjoy that. And people see the, people definitely see the influence, you know, the Western and then the specifically Southwestern influence, 
and Tom Hawks when they come in there because a lot of my artwork and stuff, um, you know, kind of calls to that, you know, the, yeah. the Southwest, New Mexico, Arizona, you know, traditional design and stuff like that. Very cool. How about uh, Western movies? You got you got a favorite uh, Western movie? Or I do, yeah. Movie? I mean, it's hard for me to nail down a favorite. And, you know, um, Unforgiven is probably oh, yeah. one of my all-time favorites. I love uh, Clint Eastwood and, and, and films like that. Um, I actually am a huge fan, and a lot of my friends don't necessarily agree. I don't know why, <laughs> but uh, I'm a huge fan of Open Range. Oh, yeah, I love it. Now, the movie Open Range, to me, you know, some of my friends would say, hey, you know, that's kind of a slow movie. It's kind of this, it's kind of that. But to me, that 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 gunfight at the end just just about beats all. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, with, with, with those two, you know, and he's trying out his chocolate bar before uh, they really get into it and all that kind of stuff. I mean, <laughs> to me, it, and you know, just the action in it was, was uh, tremendous. So. Yeah, very but, cool. Yeah. And I, I also have to shout out Lonesome Dove. I mean, I know it's not necessarily a movie per se, you know, it's kind of a series on TV or whatever, but yeah, I watched that so many times with my, with my dad growing yeah. up, you know, that it's a, it's a tradition now. So once a year I pop in that thing and I set a, I set aside the time to be able to watch the whole thing. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One of the all time best. And you know, Robert Duvall was in that and he was in open range too. And, uh, yeah. He's, yep. He's that a kinda, legend. <laughs> Yeah, that kind of, I think that's what helped lean me toward it. I mean, I love his characters in both of those movies. Yeah, yeah. No I mean, doubt. Just tremendous. No doubt. Hey, so for people to follow you, um, what's uh, what's the name of your guys' website again? So the website for Tommy Hawks is www.tommyhawks.net, uh, and that's our website. And then and Instagram? And then if they go on, Instagram is um, at Tommy Hawks Axe House. And then the Facebook is the same, I believe, at Tommy Hawk's Axe House. So all I got to do is type in Tommy Hawk's Axe House and any of those social media search bars, and they'll be able to find us. Very cool. Well, hey, Tommy, I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing uh, your story and, and uh, all about your business. I, I think it's I think it's super cool. Um, I'm going to have to get me an axe now. So Absolutely. Yep, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do up a, a nice one for you. Yeah, definitely, definitely got to do it. Get my modern cowboy logo and stuff on there. Very cool. Oh, that would look cool. Yeah, honestly. Yep. Absolutely. Well, hey, you stay safe uh, over there um, in South Korea, and uh, look forward to uh, look forward to talking to you again in the future. Here. Sounds great, Dan. Thanks for having me. You bet. Take care. Hey, don't forget to check out the sponsor of the podcast, the Cowlot at thecowlot dot com. They are all about service, quality, honesty, and integrity, the Western way of life, how you wear it, and how we preserve it. Be sure and check them out and tell them Dan at the Modern Cowboy Podcast sent you. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock. And I sit down a cooler, I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs, $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick. 
Although we're all the same The minute we ride in To the roping pen can tell Someday I just might be We'll turn a few steers And we'll tell a few lies Kick back in the saddle And philosophize Most of life's problems Yeah, we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money You were always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope Now he's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the roping pen And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack You can back it up Oh, but we're all friends no matter who wins, down at the roping pen. Well, I ain't no player speed. But I give her hell, hey, you never can tell. Someday I just might be. We'll turn another pin of steers, tell a few more lies. Drink another beer and hypothesize most of life's problems. By God, we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen. We'll see y'all again next weekend down at the roping pen. Down at the roping pen.